Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and I think Anthony Broom may or may not be in some sort of disguise. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, he's shielding his face there. Uh, like the video if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And as always, follow us over on the Wolverine.com. Get all of our coverage on all things Michigan for just $1 for your first month if you're a first-time user. Um we got to go to the guy who's who's in the box that says Anthony Broom. If, if you're not watching, if you're listening, CMU hat, shades on. Anthony's a CMU alum. Just go. What do you got for us? Uh, the one thing I will just say about all of this, because I am just leaning into the absurdity of it now. There's some kind of cartoonish development that happens every single day. Is that the, the most sobering thing about all of this is seeing social media dunk on the man alleged to be Connor Stallion saying, look at how stupid this guy looks in his CMU hat and his sunglasses, as if that's not how I leave the house, like when I run errands or something. So <laughs> it has been a little, uh, it's a it has been a little sobering. It, it's yeah. yeah. You know, how did my wig? alma mater get wrapped up in this? That's is, that a wig? is that a wig, Anthony? Is that beard real? No, the, the beard is real. The beard okay. is real. I wish I could grow a beard like that. So, Hey, um, that's fantastic, though, man. I, I yeah, guess that's a good laugh for the day. A laugh, a much-needed laugh, fellas, because it's been one hell of a couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll get into the latest on the NCAA investigation mm -hmm. as well as Jim Harbaugh contract extension before we talk about Purdue, make some picks at the end and get out of here. Uh, we will start, though, with this, and basically a lot going on. So to kind of run it down, obviously, Tuesday – Chris Ballas, you were first to report uh, that Michigan is going to move forward and push towards this Jim Harbaugh contract extension that you were first to report about several weeks ago, um, you know, saying that this was going to happen this season rather than after the year or whatever until the first NCAA investigation was wrapped up. Um, so they're going to move forward with that immediately as soon as possible, potentially in the coming days, week, um, that sort of thing. Then you also have, obviously, this investigation playing out. It seems like less leaks lately on exactly what went on. But over the last 24 hours, uh, there seems to be a you know, pretty coordinated effort by people at ESPN, you know, media members, and then Big Ten coaches speaking anonymously through the media you know, to say that some sort of punishment from the Big Ten should come immediately, whether that's taking them off the field right now, you know, whatever. Uh, disqualify them from the Big Ten championship game, try to impose some sort of postseason ban, um, which, you know, and it is ironic that these guys won't come out and speak on the record. Um, but I guess let's start with the contract extension, CB, and uh, and kind of where that stands and how everything came about with that on Tuesday morning. Yeah, you know, Sunday there were reports that the regents were right. going to meet and everybody was going to meet. And there were rumors on the Ohio State site and everything else that, oh, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh's resignation and he's gone. And they were all giddy, you know, um, getting together. You know what I mean? Uh, getting together and uh, and saying, hey, this is going to happen. Uh, no, what they actually did was they got together on Sunday morning and said, OK, what's the direction we go here? Based on the evidence that they received from the NCAA and the debriefing, the previous week when they, they were in town interviewing and everything else. And they said, okay, if this is what they've got, we got this uh, Connor Stallions who certainly looks like he was a little overzealous, I guess is the word that we will use yes. uh, in, in collecting, 
video, um, you know, and you can go get into the semantics about, you know, bylaws and things like that. I think everybody would agree it was a bad look, uh, certainly going into gray areas at the very least. So, but they got together to talk about that and they all determined at the same time for the most part that, hey, you know what, we've started this contract for Jim Harbaugh, this extension. Uh, we're probably going to continue it. Let's pick it up on Tuesday morning. That's exactly what they did. And you had a 7-0 vote by the Regents where, okay, and it was unanimous, guys, before they even went into the meeting that, okay, there's not enough here to say we're going we're not going to move forward with a, a um, contract extension for the coach. So that's what they did. That's what they decided. And at the very end of that call, the president, Santa Ono, said, let's get this done immediately. Uh, immediately in contract language, folks, doesn't mean an hour and a half later, right? This has been, they've been working on this for a long time and they got a lot done on it, uh, but it still has to go to the lawyers. It still has to go in front of Jim Parbon. and he still has to sign it. So uh, hopefully all this negative press isn't in response to that and people getting desperate. They want so badly for Jim Harbaugh to be gone that they don't care, you know, to hear about the, the evidence and everything else. And, and again, we have, are not exonerating anybody here. We're just in wait and see mode to see what else comes out and, to see what the evidence is. But um, as of now, and I spoke to somebody last night about it, they said, you know what, it would be fantastic if we could get pen on paper even before kickoff on Saturday. I don't expect that to happen. I expect it uh, something to happen next week. Again, unless something happens to derail this, which I don't, you know, you don't anticipate, but you never know. You had more leakage of bad news today. Um, not bad news pertaining necessarily to the investigation, but just a bad look about a former staffer. We can talk about that in a few minutes, but um, you know, what encourages me is at least they aren't rolling over and saying, because potentially a rival started this stuff on us and was doing everything they could to get make Jim Harbaugh and Michigan look bad. We're going to roll over and take it. No, at least they're pushing back a little bit, it looks like. And we'll see where it leads. Yeah. And something that people need to remember, too, because it's it's very prevalent on our board on social media. Why isn't Michigan fighting back at all this? Why? You know, where's the counterpunch? And I guess my immediate retort to that would be, you know, consider the fact that the powers that be, whoever's behind a lot of this stuff getting out, sort of had a month or so to craft what that was going to look like. And, you know, Michigan, to our knowledge, didn't have knowledge or didn't know this was going on to what, two weeks ago? I believe October 19th was the first day that it was reported that this was kind of out there. So, you know, when it comes to the Jim Harbaugh extension, I think that it is, you know, with so much social media noise and, and the bluster and, you know, the pictures of, of a guy on the side, like whatever it is, I think it's it's good news for Michigan, at least from how its administration feels about this whole situation, that the NCAA at least made them aware of what their findings were last, or, you know, made them just was kind of looking, this is what we have, this is what we'd like to know, et cetera. The fact that Michigan's administration walked out of that seemingly comfortable with the idea of moving forward with this contract. I think that is probably a bigger deal than a lot of the other stuff that's coming out right now. Uh, but again, and this is something that's, you know, there's, there's always language in these contracts that, you know, if there's some sort of NCAA finding of wrongdoing, like yes, Jim Harbaugh could still be fired with cause if they find something, we don't know that there's something there for them to find in that regard, but that language is pretty typical in these contracts. So I think that getting him signed to a long-term deal should have, have absolutely be a priority for them. If he, you know, cause you don't want to push him out the door. If it does, you know, the, the dust clears on this whole thing and this investigation does find that, you know, maybe he's not all that culpable for what went on. So 
don't push him out the door. Get that deal done and get it signed. And guess what? Even if he gets it signed, he may still leave for the NFL. We know that too. So it's just a matter of putting pen to paper and, and putting this to bed, which quite frankly, as I've said several times before, should have been done last winter. Yeah, it should have been. And on top of that, uh, there is language in there and speaking to people uh, about it, Anthony. So you're absolutely right about that, that, hey, if this happens, then, yeah, obviously this contract's null and void, whatever. So but uh, you're absolutely right about everything else. And uh, and there is no guarantee that Jim Harbaugh will be here next year, even if he signs his deal. So but I would say if you if you know what, if you ask for a contract and you say, yes, I'm open to that and you're willing to, to you know, you want it then sign it when it's in front of you. Uh, I don't want to hear that, you know, Jim Harbaugh hasn't signed his contract. It's been in front of him for weeks and, uh, and he hasn't signed the thing. Right. So get it done and then uh, go forward and see what happens. But um, you know, it's, it's amazing listening to people talk about how this would be the ultimate middle finger to the NCAA. Yeah. And of course that's the guy with the Ohio state sources saying this and everything else. Uh, how about Kansas giving the double middle finger when they were under investigation for, you know, a federal wiretap. And uh, and how did that turn out for Kansas? So uh, and in speaking to a national reporter about this, when I said, you know, it said it's a bold strategy uh, and uh, we'll see if it works. And the national the national uh, columnist said, you know, it always does. It always has. So why wouldn't it this time? But uh, good on Michigan for pushing back a little bit, at least. And again, let's see what else is out there and what else the evidence shows here. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the ultimate middle finger. I think that was Pete Thamel that said that. Is that right? I don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. I can't. There have been so it many was different. Pete things, Thamel but... on the Pat McAfee show. Okay, there you go. Proper credit. Love it. Thank you, Anthony. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of the people in the national media actually understand what the situation is there with the contract, how it plays into the NCAA investigation. This was already going on. That Jim Harbaugh is either your coach or he's not your coach. If he's your coach, he deserves the money that you would pay him, you can always make him not your coach if if you need to go that route based on something else coming out. And that's the most obvious thing ever. He already is under contract. It's not like, like, do they think they should just stop paying him what he's currently making right now? I mean, I guess there are probably some people that think that. But if he's going to be your coach, it's been known really since last season. He was probably underpaid last season, too, that he should be at this new rate, you know, particularly considering the market value. Ryan Day got a big extension. That sort of thing. I think he's up over $10 million now. So Jim Harbaugh likely to become the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, as he's deserved to for quite some time. Real quick before we move on, though, it does feel like reading a lot of these anonymous quotes from these different coaches. There was one from The Athletic today that came out coming out of the Big Ten coaches call yesterday where Jim Harbaugh hung up after regular business was done. And then apparently for an hour and a half, people, quote unquote, aired grievances like it was Festivus to uh, Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner. And one of the quotes, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was basically, there are guys that were on the call that could lose their jobs because they're losing games. And then you get this guy who's going to make a big contract. He's going to get you know the biggest contract in Big Ten history or whatever. It feels like you know this coming out that they're going to move forward with his extension, kind of mobilize some more people to decide, all right, let's put more pressure on the Big Ten. Athletic directors are supposed to meet later today. We'll see what comes of that. Highly unlikely, though, in my opinion, that the Big Ten would do something here without seeing this process play through. Um, but obviously, you know, with some pressure in today's society, you just never know. And I think there's got to be like an inkling of of some worry there at the very least. Yeah. And then there's that, uh, I think, the Nicole Auerbach report where she said, yeah, you know, this is how are we supposed to play them when they have this competitive advantage? Well, they don't have it anymore, dipshits. You know what? Those teams uh, now have their sign stealers and Michigan doesn't. 
Right, exactly. So it's really the other one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Number one, you know, Michigan State was calling in plays from the sideline, and they got they got their ass handed to them, forty nine to nothing. And Jim Harbaugh took his foot off the gas in the third quarter. Okay, that could have been a seventy seven to nothing game. Whatever. Um, now you've got, you know, what Ohio State said they knew about it last what last uh, November before going into that game, so they changed their signs. And yep. guess what? They got beat by twenty three points or twenty two points at home. Uh, give me a break. You know what? what? What are we doing here? This is taking on a life of its own here. It's gotten crazy. Oh, what's the what's the competitive advantage anymore? Right? It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, for, for that, that makes zero sense. And people are eating this up. Like, okay, we're why isn't anybody questioning that and saying that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard? Where's the competitive advantage anymore? You're still going to be stealing signs. You're doing the best that you can. Uh, you know, which has been going on forever. And and, and again, I don't condone anything that happened, but let's stop this sensationalism going on here as well. This is bizarre. It's taken on a life of its own and it just really shows the level of desperation to which some of these people will go to get rid of the people that are are challenging them at the top of their hill. Ryan Day, uh, I got to tell you, he has really turned this thing around from being that guy who is getting his ass kicked by Michigan to, oh my gosh, this is the only reason Ryan Day's been getting his ass kicked by Michigan, even though his coaches admitted that they had Michigan had no advantage in last year's game, but he has changed that narrative and he's using his mouthpieces to do it. So congratulations, Ryan day. Uh, the only recourse for Michigan is to go out there and kick their asses in September or in November. And, uh, and I'm guessing that there's not going to be any let up there or against, uh, you know, what did you see the bro hug by the way, between, between Franklin and Ryan day before that Ohio state Penn state game, like they knew something was up. You know what? It's uh, it's gotten bizarre. It's, it's taken on a life of its own and it's just weird. The Marvel fans will get this one. He whispered a uh, hail Hydra into each other's ears. So yeah, maybe that was talk. part of it. I don't, but, I don't uh, need to talk, but go ahead. This is, uh, this is what I don't understand. I'm having a hard time. And again, I, I'll preface it by saying that in the rosiest possible picture here, there's the discussion to be had about the spirit of the rule, how far Michigan went, et cetera. Right. And all the things that Connor Stallions did, but the more that kind of comes out on this with the, the bluster from the coaches and, and all that type of stuff, like how is this, how is this both the most open secret in the conference over the last two and a half to three years, but also last night there was a call where everyone wants something done right now. We've known that these coaches have been talking to each other. We've known that they've been tipping each other off. We know that at least Ohio state's uh, Ohio state staff tipped off TCU staff last year. Um, TCU changed its signs in the first half of that game, beat Michigan's ass. Michigan had to rally back and win, or uh, and, and almost win, I should say. They didn't win that game. but um, Scored, what, 14 offensive points in the first half? Something like that. Right. I, I'm just saying, in general, like it's still difficult for me to kind of plant a flag anywhere because with all the noise and all the talk that's out there, I still haven't seen anyone come up with a quantifiable argument for – how much of an advantage an advantage that this might have been uh because and here's a trivia question here's a, tri a trivia question for you guys michigan has beaten every team in the big 10 that's played by 21 points over the last two year or two or three years except for one can you name who that one was illinois yes that is correct uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything but that is uh <laughs> when when you're blowing these teams out like that like Bielema is elite and that's part of it. I mean, well, there's nothing to steal there. You know that Brett Bielma is running the ball. So that's true. I guess for me, it's so it's the quantifiable 
I think that's going to be kind of the crux of this investigation too, is as can you really prove how much of an advantage there was? Like you can certainly prove that if there was, you know, intent to gain some type of advantage, but this isn't the same as having Cam Newton out there playing for Auburn or Reggie Bush out there playing for USC. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd have to, even with stealing signs, I, I, I have to imagine no one's batting a thousand and getting plays right and all that. So I'm not saying that Michigan didn't do anything wrong, but to me, it's just still so I'm still so confused about how this was both the worst kept secret in the league, but also everyone's outraged over the last two weeks because they got, so it does feel coordinated because they've gotten their ass kicked the last three years. And Ryan day is a big baby and he can't handle losing and and the, and the heat on him. So yeah, sort of boils down to, I heard that meeting was just for men too. (laughs) For men only. Yeah, but Ryan Day, I think he's sponsored by Just for Men, right? So, I got you. okay. Um, but right. yeah, apparently it wasn't for men only. But um, yeah, I, I think the last thing I'll say on this too is when we talk about all of this and you get these anonymous quotes, again, as I said earlier, they won't go on the record. But two, they have everything to gain from trashing Michigan here. Th- th- these are competitors. This is not, these are not unbiased testimonies from these coaches. Now it might, might not be completely unimportant to get their input based on the fact that they are involved in this in terms of, you know, the, the competition of this conference, but these are biased testimonies. These are people that clearly, again, like you said, Chris, don't like getting their asses kicked and have something to gain competitively by having Michigan get punished. And, you know, that's just the way it is at, at this point. But uh, any objection to uh, moving on to prize picks? No, let's do that. Let's do it. Uh, Prize Picks, our fantastic sponsor. Football season in full swing, heading down the stretch run here, and there's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with Prize Picks. You pick uh, two to six players, predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. All first time users that deposit at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app and use promo code Wolverine will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50, and so on. But code Wolverine is that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We made our picks this week. As always, I'm going with the JJ special, Michigan quarterback, JJ McCarthy, more than 238.5 passing yards. And I'm going to go with JJ McCarthy, more than 18.5 rushing yards against this porous Purdue defense that we'll talk about here in, in just a second. Yeah, I've got Deacon Hill going off for 123 yards to go Ooh. more than the 121.5 he is slated to against Northwestern, <laughs> that powerhouse. Uh, I think Northwestern is uh, is awful, and uh, somehow they're winning a couple games here. But I think Deacon Hill, this is his, this is the week to get 123, 124, big guy. And then uh, Drew Allar, I have uh, more than 219 and a half passing yards against Maryland. I don't think that Maryland defense is very good, and they are starting to do their November fade, as they always do. So I like uh, Drew Allar more than 219.5. But Deacon Hill, all eyes on you, baby. Did you just big guy Deacon Hill? Big guy. Deacon, call me Deacon Blues. Call me Deacon Hill. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Uh, JT Confer, Michigan man, JT Confer. Now Detroit Red Wing. I have him going more than 0.5 points uh, Thursday night against the Florida Panthers. So a little bit of some NHL action here. And then someone sort of adjacent to the state of Michigan, uh, Heinrich Harburg, Nebraska quarterback, 
going up against the Michigan State Spartans on Saturday. I have him at more than 114.5 passing yards. So those are my two picks this week. I mean, those are just so low, but that's the most Big Ten West thing ever. Um, so great <laughs> picks. Uh, I like all those, actually. Go to prizepicks.com. Download the app today. You can play with us. Share your picks with us over on our message board at thewolverine.com or on uh, on social media, on Twitter, slash X. Uh, love seeing those picks. Sometimes I take them when fans send them over to me. So use the promo code Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to $100 over at prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app today. Uh, let's get into Michigan-Purdue. We'll go a little bit quicker because we spent some time earlier on the NCAA stuff. And Purdue, frankly, guys, it's not very good. Coming in at 2-6, and six, uh, this is a completely different team than Michigan played in the Big Ten Championship. And I talked to Tom Deanhart from Golden Black, who does a great job uh, for our Purdue side. And I remember talking to him before the Big Ten Championship game last year, and even before Jeff Brom was gone. Actually, he thought Jeff Brom and everybody did was going to stay at Purdue uh, because Louisville was doing better than expected. And that was always the scare. He's going to go back to his alma mater. He was, he said, yeah, when they come to Ann Arbor next November, it's going to be, be a completely different team. They're not going to be very good next year. They lose just about everybody. He's right. But they also have a first time first year head coach in Ryan Walters, former defensive coordinator at Illinois, who did a good job against Michigan with some pretty good personnel, honestly, at Illinois a year ago, but they're coming in. I mean, they haven't won, I think, since since early October. Um, you know, they've only won two games overall. They are not very good on offense, not very good on defense. Um, so overall, when you look at well, – we can start with the Michigan offense here. Um, to me, I, I'm looking at J.J. McCarthy as he's in position right now to potentially win the Heisman Trophy. I know it's not his, his uh, you know, focus, but as he comes into November – I think that's that's certainly something to watch, and I think he's going to have a great chance to start off November with a bang against a really thin, uh, you know, secondary with a lot of issues. They have two really good edge rushers, um, but this Michigan offense should be able to move the ball, you know, maybe similar to the way it did against Michigan State a couple weeks ago. I would think so, right? It's going to be a little chillier at night. Crowd's going to be great, guys. It is hard to get tickets for yeah. this game. It's unbelievable. So, and I'm guessing that crowd will be behind them. They're going to need some people behind them because they've just been getting crucified here, fellows on the media, and uh, they're feeling it. And how can you not? You know, when people are coming at you, oh, the only reason you're winning is because you're cheating and everything else. You know, it has nothing to do with the 17 to 20 draft picks on your roster, I'm sure. Um, ask Michigan State about that again after that 49 to, to nothing ass kicking. So, um, they could have given them their plays and still beating them 49 to nothing. That's how bad that was. So Purdue is terrible. They've got a couple of edge rushers, like I think you said, that you know can get to the quarterback a little bit. The, the, really the main thing in this game is to keep J.J. McCarthy clean and healthy for the last three games of the year. And uh, he is the guy that is really getting this offense going now. Uh, I'd like to see the running game pick up a little bit too and see that offensive line get a little bit more nasty, play with more of an edge. They certainly have the the ammo now, right, and the motivation to do that. So here's hoping. But that, let's just get this one over with and then get to the three-game, two-and-a-half-game season that we've all been anticipating. Yeah, when you look at this Purdue team, I mean, they just they don't. They don't have, I mean, last year, right, you had Aiden O'Connell, who's now starting for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh not really by his choice, uh, because Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible, but Aiden O'Connell's an NFL guy. Charlie Jones is tremendous uh last year. They don't have you know, the quarterback, you don't have the and I know we're talking about the Michigan defense, but I'm just looking at the roster in general. Uh, you know, Ryan Walters and Illinois, uh, and that defense gave Michigan a lot of issues last year. 
Uh, but they had NFL guys up there, like Jerzon Newton uh, is going to be a first-round pick. Devin Witherspoon at Illinois was, a, for, uh, I think, the number five pick. Might be rookie year. of the Kirby year. Jo- yeah. Kirby Joseph was on that uh, was on that Illinois defense. So Ryan Walters doesn't have any any of those guys here. I know you've got George Karloftis' brother, but man, oh, man. I mean, this feels like another week where it's a pick-your-score game as long as the weather is you know, what we think. It, it looks like it should be a clear night, so – We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be another week where Michigan beats the tar out of a team, and it's because they're just so much more talented than they are. I don't think signs or any of that crap will matter this week. Yep, no doubt. I I do want to mention those guys by name, the edge rushers that I blew past earlier with Kydron Jenkins, Nick Skirton. Um, They are the only duo in the Big Ten uh, that has combined for double-digit sacks. They have 12 together, seven and five. Jenkins leads the Big Ten with 11 and a half tackles for loss. Um, but yeah, they're starting a couple true freshmen on the back end. And frankly, talking to Tom Deanhart from Golden Black, he thinks that JJ McCarthy is going to absolutely carve those guys up on the back end if they can't get, you know, really good pressure and really consistent pressure. And even that will be tough to do against this Michigan offensive line. Last note on the Michigan offense, Kalel Mullings should be back for Michigan on Saturday night. So you'll have your full backfield as well, which will be good to see as they go into this stretch run. You kind of need everybody. And this is a pretty healthy team, very, very healthy team at this point in the year. And some of the guys we talked to this week were saying they feel better right now than they typically do at this time because of how fresh they've been able to stay by sitting out a lot of the end of these games. Uh, Over on for the Michigan defense, Hudson Card, Texas transfer, is a pretty good quarterback. He has absolutely no help. Uh, The protection's been bad, according to Tom Dean Hart. And the receivers are getting no separation right now. They've been able to run the ball just a little bit with, with their two backs who are solid. Devin Mockaby, you remember the fake uh, flea flicker uh, against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game last year. But this offense has not been able to move the football. And guys, their, their kickers have gone 4 of 10 on field goals this year. They've missed two extra points. I mean, terrible was the use the word Tom Deanhart used for quite a few things, but including the kickers. A.B., I know you and I have picked, I think, shutouts this year at different points in the year. I think we might be on shutout watch this game. Um, But your guys' thoughts on this Michigan defense that still hasn't been overly tested this year. We will see that, you know, potentially in the weeks to come against a Purdue offense that has scored 28 points over its last three games. Yeah, we are definitely on shutout watch this week. Um, Shutout watch this week. We'll see what happens moving forward. I know we took that question the other night on the show about you know, what it, the point totals it might take to beat, you know, a Penn State, Ohio State. But this week, I mean, man, you just, you almost kind of, you know, usually by now I've kind of done the deep dive on Purdue and have a better idea of, of what they do well. Um, but given what's gone on this week, I mean, er, the last few weeks, it's been, it has been tough to focus on that. And it's nice to get back to football in that regard. Uh, but this, I mean, this Purdue offense, I mean, the offensive line, I think has been like, solid at times but they don't have the skill guy you know Purdue Purdue always seems to have like that skill guy there's been like a a David Bell or Rondale Moore or like last year they had Charlie Jones even you know even with Michigan blowing them out last year Aiden O'Connell was dropping dimes to some of those guys and I just don't see I don't see any of that here Uh, Maccabee is a nice player that you know I've liked watching at times but I do think that we are on shutout watch this week yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, I was going to say when you were talking about the kicker, 
uh, it ain't going to matter. You know, this is not coming down to a field goal or a missed extra point or something like that. So, for the shutout, though. <laughs> yeah, for the shutout, possibly, right? Yeah. So wasn't the ECU coach that trotted out there with three seconds to go to avoid a shutout, you know? Sad field goal. Yeah. yeah congratulations there, pal. Feels um, like a year ago. It does feel like a, it feels like a lifetime ago with the, the way the last two weeks have gone, frankly. So, yeah, you know what? There's no whole lot, not a whole lot to say about this, guys. Writing keys to the game, you're thinking, okay, show up, get your win, get your chicken sandwich, as Doug Skeen would say, and get the hell out of there and move on to a, a real game next week. We're going to have a good time in Happy Valley. I'm guessing the road crowd's not going to be real nice to Michigan, assuming the Big Ten lets them play, blah, 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 you know? So, uh, but I really don't. Uh, I th- th- All I got to say about this one is, uh, you know what, go out there, take care of business, and get it over with. Yeah, apparently. Can you, you imagine, sorry, Clayton, really quick, can no, you imagine ahead. if they just went, you know, someone says, all right, Penn State, Michigan, you're not playing next week. Fox immediately would be like, uh, yes, they are. Same thing well, with Fox Saturday. Fox runs all this. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, Purdue is afraid of play. Like, I'm not saying Purdue is, is saying this, but uh, Purdue has concerns about playing you Saturday. NBC would say, tough. Uh, it's just, I, I'm, maybe it's, you know, I've been cynical for so long about the TV networks and how they kind of run college sports, how the suits run college sports, how money runs college sports now. And like in a roundabout way, that might be the biggest thing in Michigan's favor right now. So I guess that's just kind of where we're at. Yep. Uh, last thing on this Purdue offense, which has, has been terrible. They are starting a guy who played four years in the NAIA, including at Cornerstone university, which I didn't even know they had a football team. Uh, maybe he just went there and Chris may have his battery might've died. Um, but they're starting a guy who play who's an NAIA transfer at right tackle. I think Michigan's edge rushers are going to feast on him. So make sure to uh, watch that matchup. AB will continue here uh, as hopefully Chris will jump back on in just a second. I want to talk about bird dogs, AB. This is one of your favorites. I know you're probably wearing yours right now. I was wearing mine just the other day. But bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long um, it's a little cold here these days. So I've been wearing my bird dogs joggers that they sent us, not the shorts as much lately, but the shorts are fantastic. Wore them all summer. Go to birddogs.com slash Wolverine or enter promo code Wolverine for a free hydro flask style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Wolverine or promo code Wolverine for a free hydro flask style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Uh, so again, We've been wearing them. Go to Bird Dogs and uh, and use the promo code Wolverine. Chris, back with us after a quick snafu. No, you're all good. Um, so uh, let's move forward with our predictions for the game. We'll start with who's going to stand out offensively for the Michigan Wolverines. I, I brought it up. I mean, I think a lot of guys will. I brought it up earlier with my prize picks. I think J.J. McCarthy is going to start this November push as he has a couple big games coming up against Penn State and Ohio State to solidify himself as a Heisman Trophy contender. I think uh, I think he's going to you know be able to do a lot of damage against this this Purdue secondary. I think you're going to see Blake Corum run for a buck 50. 
I think it's time for him to break out. I think you're going to see yeah. him in November here uh, really start to step it up. So rested, ready, behind an offensive line that's got a lot to prove. Blake Corm is my guy. I'm going to not name anyone because I promised I wouldn't curse a particular player, but I will say that my player of the game is a running back not named Blake Corum. Uh, and I wouldn't be – keep an eye on this too. I know Michigan wants to keep its guys healthy, but – don't be surprised if we start seeing these guys play a little deeper in the fourth quarter just to kind of twist the knife and, and flip the double birds to everyone about all of this. So I think that might lend itself to bigger numbers for more prominent names. Hint, hint. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I feel like it's good to get them in a rhythm too, playing full uh, four quarters. Maybe not the full four if you're up huge, but just kind of get these guys, you know, ready to go for some of those four quarter games. Um, defensively stand out there. I'm going to go with Jalen Harrell who had a big game against Purdue the last time around. Uh, I think Chris, you were off by the time I said this, but Purdue starting basically an NAIA right tackle. I think the Michigan edges are going to find that matchup pretty favorable. And I'll say Jalen Harrell is the guy who is uh, the best recipient of that. Then I'll say Braden McGregor. I think Braden has been overpowering people and I think you're going to see him dominate. Chris Jenkins. I know he was quote unquote working through something. Uh, during Michigan State week and, and had time during the bye to rest it up. And now seeing him pop up in the first round of some of these mock drafts again. So I think that uh, national stage, NBC game, I think he'll play really well. All right. Final score predictions. Chris, I will send you mine after this um, as we uh, as we get our article out. So by the time people watch or listen to this, uh, our staff predictions article is up over at thewolverine.com. So check that out. Um, it is a name your score type of game. I'm going to go with 52 to seven. Michigan covers the the big 32 and a half point spread and wins easily heading into Penn State. So that's really 32 to seven, right? Given the 20 points swing that all the coaches say that stealing. Right. I'm going to say now that Michigan doesn't have the signs, this is going to be a nail biter, guys. It's very clear that that's the only reason that these games have been blowouts. So, in fact, I like Purdue in the upset here, 20 to 17. No, I'm just kidding. All right. 45 7. <laughs> My God. Yeah. No. 45 7. Scared That'd be bad. That'd yeah, be real bad. Seven points at the in the fourth quarter or whatever. Yep. Uh, no shutout this week. We are on shutout watch, though. The conditions are right. Like that's the distinction there. Uh, like I said, um, the storyline the rest of this year is that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh should be burned at the stake. So really the only thing that you can do uh moving forward is just continue to dominate and Purdue is a mess right now. It's been a really rough first year for that coaching staff down there. I don't really, I don't like how they've played the last few weeks at all. And I think Michigan will take advantage of that. I have Michigan 45, Purdue three. You trust in the field goal kickers. I was going to do that too, because right when you think it's not going to happen, it probably does, but I like it. We're all pretty similar there. Well, it'll be tough to judge who wins staff predictions this week, but good luck to everybody out there. Um, Last segment, No Man Knows the Future. We'll pick four games, including we'll save the best one for last um, from around the country. We got three Big Ten games, one game in the SEC. We'll start with Ohio State at Rutgers, Shiano, you know, the Collusion Bowl, Ryan Day, allegedly uh, rumored. Rutgers, 18.5-point dog at home over under 42.5. I got Rutgers to just kind of make it weird, muck it up. I don't know. We'll see. I see a, a big bro hug between Shiano and Ryan Day before the game. And then after the game, I see uh, 
Shiano saying, hey, thanks for taking your foot off the gas a little bit and uh, helping us keep this closer. I think something uh, I like, I like Rutgers to cover. I think Ohio State wins something like 27 to 13. <laughs> Rutgers, I, I think uh, the Scarlet Knights are back in costume here, of course. Uh, Halloween this week, didn't get to partake in that because we were at Schimbeckler Hall. Uh, Rutgers, I think that they're going to get them into a bar fight. I think that uh, Ohio State will win because at this point, I'm sure the league will make it so. I think Big Ten probably hopes quietly that Penn State and Ohio State sort out this Michigan thing on their own so they don't have to step in and do anything, which I don't think they will. I don't think they have any leg to stand on to do that. But long-winded way of me saying Rutgers. Oh, yeah, good point. Disguise, by the way, not costume. We like to say disguise. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All right, quick, let's get through these. I got a quiche in the oven. Missouri at Georgia. Georgia's a 15-point favorite over under 55 and a half, number two versus number 12 in this game. Georgia's been playing better even after the Brock Bowers injury. I will take them to win big, and I feel like Missouri's that team that in the SEC every year that kind of has a pretty semi-easy schedule early on, gets ranked pretty high, but ends up in the in the 20s or something like that. Yeah, Georgia's going to roll here, something like 38 to, to 17. Georgia's out for style points. Uh after being ranked behind Ohio State in the college football playoff rankings, Georgia by 30. Penn State at Maryland. Maryland, eight and a half point underdog at home, over under 55 and a half. Maryland, as we talked about earlier, extremely disappointing lately. Penn State is a covering machine, unless they're playing Ohio State or Michigan, it seems like, the last couple of years. And I will just continue to ride Penn State there. Yeah, because James Franklin likes to run it up at the end. So I'm going to go uh, Penn State as well, win by 10 points. I'll go Penn State. And, and just a quick thought on the, this Vegas line. I think a lot of times the lines are very indicative of how you're viewed. Uh, if this were Michigan or, or Ohio State playing Maryland, this is a 14.5 point line, 15.5 point line. Uh, I think Penn State has kind of shown itself to be – the shine is worn off from them, I'll say. So – Give me, uh, give me Penn State to cover, but yikes. You guys ready for the game of the week? Let's go. We got Iowa at Northwestern. We're not even going to pick the game. We're going to pick the over-under, which is at a whopping 30.5 points. Call your shot. Over or under 30.5? I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over by about two points. It's going to be a, an ugly game, but, uh, but yeah, they're going to they're gonna somehow get over that. I think it opened at 29.5, didn't it? It, I think it's it, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, rock fight. I'm gonna do with this game what I did with the uh, Iowa Minnesota game. I'm dipping it down to 26 and a half and taking the under. And you're Ooh. hoping for the Cooper DeGene penalty, I think, on the fair catch. We we don't talk about that. The Big Ten, <laughs> uh, very the Big Ten refs made their call. Yeah. That's going to be our show for this week. We'll see everybody Monday. Make sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as well. Follow us over at thewolverine.com. Join the many, many thousands of subscribers. Talking about everything going on with Michigan on our message board, getting all of our premium access. You can do so for just $1 for your first month if you're a first-time user. And we will see everyone next time.